0: Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Sunday, January the 30th, 2022. It is currently 4.39 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the empty sanctuary of Victory Baptist Church, located right here in the middle of nowhere, Texas. And it is time... Well, to do exactly what that intro says the purpose of this podcast is, and that is to make theology central. And it seems like such a very simple idea, right? It should never be controversial. No one should ever get upset with me. No one should ever be angry at me. But I have discovered that when you try to make theology central, the people who tend to get the most upset at you aren't the unbelievers is actually Christians? Because I, I know this may come as a shock to many of you, uh, but statistics, uh, all of the studies and all of the statistics over and over seem to indicate that most Christians really do not have a Christian worldview. They really don't have a philological perspective. So when you start talking about something going on within the culture, something going on within politics, What you hear Christians sometimes when they begin to speak is you don't hear a theological perspective. If you listen carefully, you'll hear a political perspective. You'll hear a perspective based on how they were raised, or you'll hear a perspective based on where they live or where they grew up. Now, they may have tried to mix it with Christianity. They may try to find something within the Bible to justify their perspective, but in many cases, it's not truly Christian. They've been influenced by a political leader, a news commentator, talk radio, you name it, more than they've been influenced by Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Apostle Paul, the Old Testament, New Testament, the Bible itself, Jesus. They've been, they've been introduced by so many things. Now, they will take Jesus, and they will take the Bible— and try to use it to justify their position. But in many cases, there's nothing really biblical about it. In many cases, their position just doesn't make any sense from a logical, practical perspective. Now, I say that because I'm getting ready to talk about a news story that many of you are going to strongly disagree with me about. And I understand that. I understand that. That's okay. You can disagree with me. But I really... look. I can turn on this microphone and, and try to go, okay, all right, here's what I could do. And and this is what a lot of podcasters do. And I just, I just, I refuse to play this game. I just, I refuse to play this game. It's kind of like, okay, here's my audience. What does my audience want to hear? Give them what they want. And many pastors Stand behind the pulpit and kind of think, what do my people want? Let me give them what they want. Now, they they will preach a sermon here or there that will be, quote unquote, convicting. But in many cases, pastors are very careful where they walk because they know they're going to offend someone and people are going to walk out. And my thing is, if you're a Christian, shouldn't you want to be put in a place where the pastor is willing to challenge you, willing to deal with those topics that may make you a little uncomfortable so that you can be challenged? I mean, do you just want to hear what you already think? Or do you want to be challenged? To me, the whole thing about Christianity was it's not about what I want. It's about challenge the way I think. And because God's ways are not my ways, his thoughts are not my thoughts. And, and I just think that it's almost like, okay, give the audience what they want. And I could do that. I could kind of figure out All right, I I could take any news article and go, okay, how are most Christians viewing this? I'm like, okay, I can go with that, but I don't do that. I don't, listen, I don't care what the majority of Christians may think. I have to look at it not based off a, uh, how many agree with a certain perspective. I have to sit back and go, well, what is, how do we understand this logically, biblically, theologically, rationally? How do we view this subject based off truth? not misinformation, not wrong information, not fraudulent information, and do my very best to try to handle it that way. And, and it sometimes leads me to great controversy, which is always, it, it's always discouraging. It's always discouraging to go, okay, guys, here's the situation. Okay, the Bible gives us these ideas. We've got to look at this situation in light of these biblical verses and then immediately go, no, I'm not going to look at it that way. And you're like, you, you sound like you're coming at me from a political perspective. I'm not of this world, right? This is not my home. My citizenship is in heaven. I am to live out in this world according to biblical truth as much as possible, all right? So I hope that makes sense because I know someone's going to get upset and someone's going to misinterpret what I'm about to say, but that's okay. The reason I'm doing this, just so that you know, once again, emails drive the show so many times, right? Right? The person who emails, they get to hear what they want to hear. And I don't know how how long ago did I receive this email. Let me look here. I received this email at 2.36 p.m. today. So 2.36, it's 4.44. So just a couple of hours ago, I received an email, and it says this. Ridgeland, Mississippi is about 20 minutes from where I live. There has been quite some controversy this week about this i thought you might find it interesting now they give their personal opinion i'm not going to give their personal opinion just in case someone maybe could figure out who this person is and i don't want to create any problems for them they have a personal perspective about what they are about this controversy that's going on in ridgeland miss i believe that's ridgeland mississippi and um yeah, it is Mississippi. And we are going, well, we're going to look at this article. And some of you are going to have strong opinions. But here's what I want you to do. Before you react, relax, okay? Before you react, simply relax. Let's think about this biblically and logically. And I know my, per, my perspective used to be not that controversial, but there's been really a rise within the Christian world to hold a very different perspective about things that I think is, not only is I believe it's going to be detrimental to the furtherance of the gospel, I think it's going to lead to hostility towards many churches because we're being perceived as, well, trying to do things that I don't think is what we're called to do from a, especially from a New Testament perspective. All right, but here we go. Let me click on the article. I know you can't see. I've got my iPad right next to me. I'm reaching over I'm tapping on the article, and boom, as soon as the article opens, the first thing that jumps out at me is here's an older gentleman holding a microphone. He's clearly got a Bible in his hand. Over to the left, there is a picture of, I believe that says, in fact, let me see if I can enlarge the picture. That looks like, it's it's a, well, I can't read it. It's a public library. Let's put it that way. I can't remember uh, the county. Maybe that's, I want to say Mason County. The the picture is very blurry. Uh, So, but we'll we'll probably, uh, Madison County. Madison County uh, Library, public library, all right? So this is a Madison County public library. So you got a gentleman, he's outside, he's reading a Bible, he's holding a microphone. And then you got a picture of a public library. I cannot stress this enough. Let me read that to you again. A Public library, public. Underneath that is a picture of a book. All right, the picture of a book, and it's called Granddad's Camper. And uh, there's obviously what looks like a grandfather. Uh, it's an it's like a, a, an animated kind of uh, picture uh, for the cover. And uh, there's a, a child next to him, and a, and a dog in the in the camper. And uh, it looks like a Volkswagen, uh, one of those Volkswagen vans, Volkswagen, whatever they were called. I don't know much about cars. And the name of the book is written by Harry Woodgate. All right, so we there's, there's some controversy. We got a man, we got a library, we got a book. So clearly this I, this is the way I'm interpreting what I am seeing. This man is obviously upset about this library carrying this book. But let me tell you again, it's a public library I, I've got to stress that word public library all right that is everybody with me all right here's now I, now after I'm done looking at those pictures I go back up to the top and here is what I find Christian mayor is refusing to hand over one ten thousand dollars and city-approved funds to Mississippi County libraries until they remove all books featuring homosexual, I gotta read this, homosexual materials because they go against his beliefs. Now, immediately, I know what I'm gonna hear. I'm gonna hear some Christians going, amen, Get rid of all those books, but just stop, stop before you react. Relax, listen to what I'm about to say here. A couple of things to consider. We have a Christian mayor. He's holding oh, he's holding back $110,000 in city approved funds. These funds have been approved to go to the libraries, but he's not going to let the libraries have the money unless they get rid of all books that feature homosexual materials because they go against his beliefs. All right Now, let's just... Take this, so let's say the pastor, or the pastor, let's say the Christian mayor is right. Let's just say for logical, for just for, because I I have a tendency to do this, all right? This is just the way I tend to operate. When I disagree with something, what I have a tendency to do is first agree with it and then take it to its logical conclusion, right? So let's just take this to its logical conclusion. You know what, Christian mayor? I too believe homosexuality is a sin. I agree. And you know what? I don't want anyone going into a public library and reading a book that, that promotes homosexuality or say that it's a good thing. You're right. Okay. Now, let's take it to its logical progression. Why stop with books that promote homosexuality? Let's get rid of all books that have fornication in them between people who are not married or who are heterosexual. In fact, let's get rid of any book that speaks of adultery. Let's get rid of any book that would promote lying. Let's get rid of any book that would promote, and let's just go on and on and on. Let's go get rid of any book that takes God's name in vain. Let's get rid of, and before you're done, you're going to have a public library that's no more a public library. It's become a Christian library because why stop with homosexuality i've never understood this 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 is a common thing within a lot of uh, a lot of cultural issues right hey i'm not going to do this because they're homosexuals i'm like okay well then don't don't provide business to anyone who doesn't meet the moral standard of christianity you're not no i'm not going to serve liars i'm not going to serve adulterers i'm not going to serve fornicators i'm not going to serve gossipers i'm not going to serve those who are who are uh, guilty of the sin of gluttony i'm not going to serve anybody and when you stop serving sinners there's not going to be anyone left, including yourself, because we're all sinners. But it's always weird. We just, this one sin. So he wants to just get rid of all the books that have to deal with homosexuality. But what about all the other books? Why? So right there, from just a logical perspective, that seems weird. Like, the only books we're going to go after are the books dealing with homosexuality. So that's already, it doesn't seem like he's even taking it to a logical a logical conclusion. But so there's my first problem, the second problem, it's a public library. Isn't it there to serve the public, not just the Christian public? <laughs> like like how does that work? And then if it's a if you're going to just have books that promote Christianity, which form of Christianity? Are you going to allow books that promote Greek Orthodox or Roman Catholicism? Or like you see that it would be a never ending, like get rid of that. Get rid of that. It's a public library. Not everyone in the public is a Christian. Not everyone in the public has your perspective. So how would this work? I I really want you to think about this. If you're a Christian, all right, I want you to think about this. Headline. Atheist mayor refuses to hand over $110,000. In city-approved funds to Mississippi County libraries until they remove all books featuring Christianity. Now, if I if I read that headline, you know, Christians would immediately go, "That's persecution! How dare they do that?" Well, the listen, the rights you want are the rights you must give. The rights you refuse others are the rights you will ultimately refuse yourself. I want the public library to serve the public, and I want them to have books and all kinds of different perspectives, whether I agree or disagree. Now, in, in some ways, it just seemed like a weird, like, okay, I'm a Christian mayor, and the first thing I'm going after is the public libraries. Uh, just, just because I don't want my kids seeing homosexuality, I, I just, I just, I know this may come as a shock to to some of you. There's not a lot of kids sitting at their house going, "Hey, mom, dad." I'm going, to be, I'm going to hop on my bike and I'm going to the public library and I'm going to look up books on the LGBTQ movement because I want to be exposed to it. There's not a lot of kids uh, fighting you to go to the public library. OK, so it already seems a little weird. In fact, most of the books that would be checked out in regards to homosexuality are probably books that parents who, who believe in that movement and believe in that practice are the books they're going to check out for kids that they have influence over. But it just seems weird that, hey, I'm only going to go after the books with homosexuality, but not all of the other books that would contain things that go against Christianity. And not only that, uh, wait a minute. What if it was an atheist getting rid of Christian books? Christians would be outraged. Christians would be screaming that it's persecution. Let me retell you something. The one of the beautiful things of living in a country where there is freedom is you want that freedom for yourself and you've got to defend that freedom for others. This has nothing to do with agreeing with homosexuality. This has nothing to do with homose- with whether you agree or disagree with homosexuality. This is about freedom. This is about freedom. Let's read the story. Ridgeland Mayor Ridgeland Mayor Gene McGee is allegedly withholding $110,000 in funding from county libraries. Please note, these are county libraries. This is not like some, you know, Christian uh, university. This is this, no, this is county public libraries because of their homosexual materials. McGee told Madison County Library System Director Tanya Johnson that the library's LGBTQ books went against his Christian beliefs. Well, if you're going to do that, you've got to get rid of every book that goes against his Christian beliefs. I don't know what kind of Christian he is. I don't know. Let's just assume that he's charismatic and that he's, let's just say, Arminian or semi-Pelagian or Pelagian then could he not go in and go, I'm getting rid of all books that are opposed to charismatic theology. I'm getting rid of all books that teach reformed theology. Uh, like what? Because they go against his Christian beliefs. You see, this this is this almost this idea where Christians think that they want to impose their Christianity upon the world. Not, not preach it, but impose it upon it. And I don't know why Christians think this way in 2022. It's like, Man, what does the New Testament tell us to do for an ungodly world? Oh, it tells us to preach, teach, baptize, teach. That's what we're, we're told to be salt and light, to live out our Christian life in front of them so that they can see our good works. Do our good works, serve them, love them, turn the other cheek, put others before. Oh, I can go through scripture after scripture. In the, New, the New Testament never says, take your Christianity and pose it upon a lost world. Even if you imposed it upon a lost world, that will not convert them. You can't convert people by imposing Christianity upon them. Preach it. Offer the gospel to them. You don't impose it upon them. He said, but I'm against homosexuality. Congratulations. So am I, because the Bible condemns it. But I guarantee you, if I take everything the Bible condemns and go through any public library... In fact, if I think if I, if I understand biblical theology correctly, I could go through any Christian library and go, well, I don't know what that's truly biblical Christianity, right? Like it's just, I don't, this is one of those situations where someone may be well-meaning, but they're not thinking it through biblically. The money has already been set aside for the Madison County library system by the city's board of, um, um, aldermen. Um, I guess it's what part of their city government. Um, I think they do that alderman in uh, Chicago as well. Okay. Uh, the board said that McGee did not have the legal authority to remove the funds without their approval. So it's possible that he's not even following the law. He's just throwing out the law, doing what he wants to do to impose his Christianity upon everyone else within the public or in the county or in the community. That's just not acceptable. If an atheist was doing this, if a Muslim mayor decided to get rid of all of Christianity from the library, Christians would be yelling and screaming. Christians demand rights that we don't want others to have. Now, it goes on to say, now, now, those are like the bullet points. And then it's going to basically repeat everything, but I'm just going to read it so that no one thinks I'm taking anything out of context here. A Mississippi mayor is allegedly withholding $110,000 in funding from county libraries unless they remove all homosexual materials from their shelves. Ridgeland Mayor Gene McGee has refused to send the Madison County Library System its first quarterly payment of 2022, which was approved by the city. Uh, When Director Tanya Johnson asked why he was withholding the funds, She says he told her it was because the libraries carried LGBTQ books that went against his Christian beliefs. He explained his opposition to what he called homosexual materials in the library, that it went against his Christian beliefs and that he would not release the money as long as the materials were there, she told the Mississippi Free Press. Johnson rebuked the mayor by saying that the library system is a public entity rather than a religious community or a religious institution and serves the whole community. I know that's like... That's pretty basic concept there. I explained that we are a public library and we serve the entire community. I told him our collections reflects the diversity of the community. She said, that's what they're supposed to do. Provide for the community. Now, guess what I want in that library? You know what I want? I want the library to maybe possibly have books that promote homosexuality. And I want them to have books that promote a Christian doctrine and theology about Christian understanding of sexuality, so that someone would have access to both. Now, on one hand, libraries are not the most relevant thing in 2022, all right? So I don't even know why he's fighting this battle because it's like of all the things, libraries are st- trying to stay open because I mean, whatever, but I can remember way, 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 way back in the olden days, right? Okay, maybe not that far back, but I can remember back when I was younger. When I first became a Christian, I didn't have a lot of money because I was a teenager. But I knew I wanted to learn. I wanted to learn doctrine, theology. I, I just, I wanted to learn. So I would get in my car and go to the library. Imagine that. And I would check out books about theology and about all kinds of subjects. In fact, I, I was going to the public library when I was little. Okay. Now, not most kids do this, but I was, I was weird. I, would, uh, I was very, very little. Um, even I think kindergarten, maybe even before I was in kindergarten, but at least while I was in kindergarten and first grade, I would walk from uh, where our house was in Abilene, Texas. It was on Russell Street. And I would walk to South First, catch the bus, go to the Abilene Public Library and spend most of my day in the Abilene Public Library because I would read read and read and read and read and read and read and read. Now, those days, most kids don't do that. Most kids didn't even do it back then but I love the fact that there were books from all kinds of different perspectives, throwing all kinds of things at me. There was, there was fiction, there was nonfiction, there were books about history, there was book, and I just could go and read whatever I could possibly read, and if I couldn't figure out the words, I would try to figure them out later and come back and learn how to read those books. So I like the fact that libraries are there with all kinds of different perspectives. Now, if you go to our religious library, then you would expect that that library would have books of a, maybe a particular religion or a particular particular stream of theology. That would make sense, but a public library—why would you expect that? Um, so it's just sad that she has to explain to a Christian that hey, this is a uh, this is a community library. Uh, you do realize that? Are you trying to impose your Christianity on the rest of us? This is a very—I I hate to use the word. Now I can see the picture, Madison County. Canton Public Library. There we go. Now I can see the the picture here. Uh, He told me, uh, this is what I guess the mayor said. He told me that the library can serve whoever we we wanted, but that he only serves the great Lord above, she added. So the library can serve whoever you want, but I serve the Lord and... I'm going to impose what God wants upon everyone within this county and within this community. See, that's when, when people talk about Christian nationalism, this is the kind of thing people get worried about. And it makes the world want to rise up and say, no, you're not going to impose it upon us. And I'm telling you, you can't impose Christianity upon the unregenerate heart. That's why the Great Commission is structured a very specific way. First, you go and teach, all right? That's evangelism. If they believe, you baptize. That brings them into the church. Then you teach them to obey. You don't force obedience without conversion. Now, I understand all law have some moral element to it. I completely understand that. I'm just saying that you want some general laws, obviously, to try to structure society and protect people's property, protect people's lives, but you don't want to try to come in and impose a theocracy, Upon people. Some Christians today want to impose a theocracy. Listen, that's great as long as your Christianity is in charge. But the minute your Christianity is not in charge, the next person who imposes a theocracy, they're going to get rid of your form of Christianity. Just go back and study church history. Whenever you want to impose a theocracy, whenever you want to oppose some kind of Christian state religion, well, if Catholics are in charge, Protestants die. If Protestants are in charge, Catholics die. If if a certain branch of Protestantism is in charge, then they may be drowning the Baptists because we refuse to baptize babies. You get the idea? Just It's just chaos. And we don't see that in the New Testament. Hey, guys, go take over the society and make them live like Christians. No, you go present the gospel to them. I mean, Jesus, he even told... My kingdom is not of this world. If they was, my my, my followers would fight. That, no, no, I'm talking about a spiritual kingdom. Now, I do believe that we could get into eschatology. I do believe Jesus will return and set up a kingdom, but that's a whole separate issue. He'll do that, not me. The Daily Mail reached out to McGee's office, but he did not immediately hear uh, but we but did not immediately hear back. The mayor's office also did not respond to multiple interview requests from the Mississippi Free Press. And McGee was absent from a board of aldermen meeting on Tuesday at 5 p.m. at Ridgeland Library, the news outlet reported. The board confirmed that the funding was already set aside for the library and a contract with the city and that the mayor did not have the legal authority to remove it. So he's even violating he's violating the law to impose his religious views upon a community. It's just no. All right. Um, asked by an attendee at the meeting if the mayor could override the contract with the approval of the board of aldermen, Bob Sender simply said, uh, "No." Uh, Johnson said that removing the eleven thousand, the one hundred and ten thousand, which is roughly five percent of the library system's annual budget, would definitely impact services. I can tell you, there's a potential for staff members to lose their positions. So he's trying to work, causing people to lose their jobs so he can impose his Christianity upon everyone else. Then they have a picture of the book. Here's one of the books that he wants removed. It's uh, Grandpa's Camper is one of the books which McGee takes issue. It features a young girl taking a road trip with her grandfather after the death of her other grandfather. All right. And then of course, the famous book that everyone went crazy about um, in the 1990s, Heather Has Two Mommies. One book titled Heather Has Two Mommies was first published in 1989 as one of the number of LGBTQ children's books written by gay gay by a gay, by a gay author. And both of these books are for children. So let me just tell you, as children are not hopping on their bicycles, running to the library, looking for these books. Now, these books may be there. And if you're taking your child to the library, you may see them going, oh boy, okay, what do I do? What do I do? Now, depending on their age, you may then have to then have discussion about the world in which they currently live and how to handle this, um, or, you know, I can understand it can be uncomfortable. I can understand for a parent it could be uncomfortable having to deal with this and you don't want to deal with this, but you live in a fallen world. And so uh, the next book is Stella, uh, Bring the Family. Stella Brings the Family is about a girl with two fathers who brings them to her class. Mother's Day Celebration, again, it's a children's book. Um, and then they have a young adult novel called "The Parks, The Perks of Being a Wallflower," um, and then uh, there's some other books here there. Uh, Johnson said that if the mayor was able to usurp the city board and cut its funding, that the library would consider legal action. This is taxpayer money that was already approved by the Board of Aldermen. It was included in the city budget for 2021-2022. It is the general fund appropriation that the city of Ridge, Ridgeland sends every year for daily operation of the library. That money goes to everything from purchasing materials to supporting programs and staff salaries. I asked the mayor specifically on the phone call if this had been decided by the Board of Aldermen and he told me no, but that he could have them make the decision. The mayor's decision could also be in violation of rights based on cases regarding LGBTQ book bans, such as Sund versus City of Wichita Falls, because this has already been determined in the past. All right. um, And then you can, well, you can read the rest of, Uh, the story. And and there's a lot more more here, but you get the basic idea. Here's a Christian mayor who wants to impose Christianity upon the community by banning them from finding books that don't agree with his form of Christianity. And that's just not the way we do. That's not the way Jesus said to, to do things. He did not say, go in and force everyone. No. Now I'm not saying, that means you agree with it. See, here's, whenever I try to talk about this, people will get mad and say, so you agree with homosexuality? No, I believe homosexuality is the sin. I also believe there's lots of other sins, okay? I, I, for some weird reason, my Bible seems to indicate that there's lots of sins, lots of sins. Gluttony, lying, pride, I, gossip, slander, hatred, bitterness, unforgiveness, not loving your enemy, not turning the other cheek. I can go on and on and on and on and on and on. And some for some weird reason, the only sins some people care about are sins that become very politicized. We don't look like this from a political perspective. Now, I know some of you are going to be, you're going to get, I know you, I know, look, I understand. Wouldn't it be great if you just woke up one day and everything in the world was perfectly in line with biblical Christianity? Wouldn't that be great? Now, the first thing that would have to go is you, because, well, you're a sinner. So most likely you're going to carry out you're going to bring sin into that perfect environment. Like if you like the world is perfectly aligned with Christianity, you would have to stay out of it because you're a sinner. So you'd bring sin into it anyway. So there's already problem number one, all right? Problem number two, okay. And, and, I, and I really mean that, but it, it's just, that, that that's just the way it works. Problem number two, you can never get a society perfectly in line with Christianity until you get everyone in the, in the society converted, which is not going to occur because you cannot force conversion upon them. But if you want the world to be more in line with Christianity, let me tell you what you need to do. Number one, focus on you being more in line with Christianity. Number two, focus on your church being more in line with Christianity. Number three, present the gospel to whomever you can, and in the most correct biblical way that you can, and pray that God would save them. Like so, in other words, worry about yourself, worry about your church, worry about presenting the gospel, and then pray for people's conversion, because that's how the world has changed—not through force, but through conversion. And I and I can just prove this. We can go back to the Old Testament where they were like, "Here's how you will live, and if you don't, you will die. Here is the punishment: if you violate this, you die. If you violate this, you're to be killed. If you do this, you will be stoned." They had look. Look at the, what they had in the Old Testament. They had the visible manifest, the visible presence of God in the Shekinah glory. They had priests. They had God's law. They had punishment for violating God's law. And how did it all play out? They fell into sin over and over and over and over and over. Rebelled, rebelled, rebelled. Idolatry, idolatry, idolatry. Go into captivity. Sin, sin. Break God's covenant. Violation, violation. Because guess what you can't do? You can put all of the external laws and all the external punishments in the world upon uh, people, but you cannot change the depravity inside a sinner. The only way to, to work against the sin inside every person is the gospel, not banning books. And if Christians want to start banning books, don't be shocked when the world wants to ban the Bible. Anytime someone wants to ban the Bible, Christians lose their minds. But Christians have for way too, I've said it before. You know who created cancel culture? Christians. You know who perfected uh, cancel culture? Christians. Christians have tried to ban things, censor things over and over and over. And now when the world wants to use those same methods, Christians scream persecution. Well, we were the one trying to tell everyone else how to live. We we call it, we preach the truth. We preach the truth. We preach the truth about homosexuality. We call people in that lifestyle to repent. We call them to put their faith in Jesus Christ. We, call, we challenge them to, uh, to embrace a biblical view of sexuality. I got no problem with any of that. We just got to think these, these issues through from a biblical theological perspective. And just re- remember, the rights you deny others are the very rights you're denying yourself. Sooner or later, you're going to lose the very rights you're denying someone else because it's going to be turned against you. If you want the rights, give out those rights to others. Giving them the right, look, freedom gives people the freedom to be wrong. Now, what we want to do is preach the truth. We want the freedom to be able to challenge them in their wrongness to see a different perspective all right I hope that makes sense I know that's going to be controversial but see why is it controversial that's just a very logical biblical thought-out perspective I, I, and there's nothing crazy about that but it's so it's so Christians will get upset with me and it's like there's there's nothing to get upset with okay there's nothing it's just it's just we got to think those things through all right I there you have it Someone emailed me. I had to discuss it. So that's why we discussed it. All right. Thank you for listening. You can email me, newsif at yahoo.com. As you see, I read email. And as you see, I respond. May take me two hours, but I will respond. Okay. Now someone will email me at two in the morning going, you didn't respond by four in the morning. What were you doing? Okay. No, just, I will will respond within reason. Okay. <laughs> within reason. But I thought I would get to that today because I didn't want to delay that. Hopefully... And, and hopefully that will help not only the person who emailed, but anyone else thinking about just any kind of concept. Just, just don't react. Just think about it for a minute. Relax. Okay, What would be a biblical, thoughtful, logical perspective on these kinds of issues? And, and I, I, I just, I don't like the political hijacking of the American church. It's the one thing that's hurting the church is where it becomes so politicized. We got to get back to theology. Get back to the Bible and not politics. Not politics, okay? The, the the answer to the culture is not political parties and laws and bills and boycotts and censorship. The, the culture still needs the gospel. All right, thanks for listening. I'll be back on the air here shortly. God bless.